Hi, everybody. Welcome to ICU Talks. Here are voices. This is Kim Honeycutt. I'm part of the volunteer staff with ICU Talks. We are a mental health speaking ministry. And one thing we do to help out the Charlotte community and surrounding areas is we do this podcast. So thank you because you're one of the three listeners that we have. For your <laughs> so we thank you, you God. Three bless listeners. you. I just think it's funny. Three's a good do number. Do we only have three? Three is the best I've never number. asked, but three's a great <laughs> and number. And that's my, my, my podcast number. It is three. your podcast Trinity. number. What's a podcast number? I mean, on the, you on the table. The three. Oh, oh, I am not a three. You're a five. Five. Why'd you be offended by a three? We I should didn't... introduce each other because the hey, people this don't even is know who's Danielle Justice right flapping her jaw. Go ahead, Danielle, introduce yourself. I think you just did. Okay, that's one of my friends. She's a board <laughs> member. The other person who jumped right in and yelled at me is LJ. <laughs> Somebody's got to keep you straight. Well, no. hey everybody, this is LJ. Hi, LJ. Hi. LJ is a big part of what we do. We also have one of my favorite people here. I'm so excited <laughs> because y'all know I think I'm really funny. And it's rare I find somebody that I think might be a little bit. I'm just saying that a smidge. It's a little microcosm, a little bit sm- smarter and more intelligent, funnier than I am. And her name is Heather. Too. That's like the, that's a hard setup right there. <laughs> Be funny and smart. Go. Go. <laughs> Do it now. Do it now. Show them you're smarter than me. Say it. Are you Say good? it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, there's four people sitting at this table, and you think you have three listeners on your podcast. So, so obviously, it's not Which hard to outsmart me. <laughs> it's not hard to outsmart me. We don't know if you ever listened to our podcast. We don't know. Well, you're making assumptions about me now. So. Well, I make a lot of assumptions about you. We go way back, don't we, Heather? Yes, we do. Anyway, she is one of my best friends. I love her. And we've had a crazy, crazy friendship. Yeah. So, but she was our keynote top dog, big wig speaker for September. Our topic was Emotional Warrior. And those of you who are a part of what we do know that we spell warrior with a semicolon to represent that we are very much a part of bringing awareness to suicide and in life being a big part of mental illness. And that's very much just hugely been a part of your life. And, mm-hmm. uh, so, will you just go ahead and tell them a little bit about you and your story? Wow. Well, um, I shared a little bit um, on Tuesday night about how um, after my son took his own life, um, right after his 20th birthday, that I was already acquainted with this deep um, sense of trauma and numbness, and I was shocked by that, um, that I, I felt so, um, already turned off, you know, when you're overwhelmed with, uh, tragedy and trauma, um, I think you go to a safe place and you shut down and things kind of freeze for you. And I, um, I was ashamed of that mm. part of myself that was already shut down. And I realized that I had already been experiencing trauma that I had just repressed and um, the the idea that I was not emotionally available for my son Mm. due to my own Mm. toxic shame coping mechanisms just brought a lot of of huge regret and shame and I know that that's a, a common experience for people who lose someone that way to suddenly be overcome with regret, you know, because there's things you can't say now, things you can't apologize for or clear up. And so it just seems like um, 
um, that kind of pain when you lose somebody uh, I liken it to um, being randomly punched in the face several times a day you don't know when it's going to happen but there'll be a reminder or something that comes up and it punches you in the face and and um, slowly but surely over time you just get less punches in the face and you develop more of a a numbness but um, the punches in the face were memories of times when he was clearly reaching out to me, clearly needing something from me, and I was emotionally unavailable to him. And in fact, sometimes his pain um, and his need uh, felt like a personal um, attack on my parenting skills or um, it's kind of hard to explain, but, but his pain was difficult was so difficult for me to bear because I was so busy trying to avoid my own pain yeah. that him bringing his yeah. pain to me was more than I could bear right. and so I I spent a, the the next few years after he passed away has been a little over three years now um, just really mired in shame because these memories were flooding back of mm-hmm. times where I was not available to him and I feel that um, one that God just was so gentle mm. with helping me through these memories that I couldn't, I couldn't process. I, I, I couldn't apologize to Spencer. I couldn't go back in time. I couldn't make any of this better. And it just compounded my shame. But, but the Lord was so gentle in bringing these things to my mind and helping me walk through um, the fact that he loved me through my poor responses and mm. my toxic coping skills mm. and and made me fully aware and totally believe that I did not cause my son's death mm. because of my own That's pain. Right. That's, That's right. strong. Yeah, and that um, there was a very clear path to not just forgiveness for those things, but to have those situations redeemed. Like how, how mighty is our God that he could redeem something that is irredeemable in the natural. My mm. son was gone. There was no conversation I could have with him to, to make myself mm. feel better about right. our past. Right, that's right. And yet the Lord has such a clear plan for redemption um, that he calls those things that are not as though they are. And in faith, I know that, um, that my son is aware that he's in heaven, number one. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's exactly heaven, right. One. Mm-hmm. We know that. And number two, that because he is part of the same spirit that is in me and um, and that I'm in the Father, that he is aware yes. of how loved he is completely, yes. and that includes how much I love him too. Yes, that's right. So, that's right. Yeah, and what you're speaking is so profound, and I just know it's going to land in pockets in people. That's why I hope we have more than three listeners <laughs> because people need to hear this or they just listen to the previous podcast of your whole 25 minutes or they go on YouTube and watch what you did so, so well. But for people to hear this, that all of us have this post-reaction when we lose somebody, but particularly when we lose somebody to bipolar, you lose someone to PTSD, the reaction is because that person a lot of times their, their need is heavy on us. Mm-hmm. 
And I can't always be there for anyone, including me. I can't always show up for something, mm-hmm. but for any of us. But I know that the pain of a mom, I know mm-hmm. that for you of thinking you couldn't always meet him where he was because mm-hmm. of where you were. Yeah. And how, and that that is forgiven. Yes. That, you know, I, as a mom, you think you should be there everything. Mm. But I was, and he had a life, you know, right. um, there were other factors, other, yeah. you know, other things coming at him. Right. It's just my loss that I didn't get to share some more intimate things with him. Mm. Um, but, uh, the Lord has been so good to bring to mind all of the fantastic things that we did share. Yeah. You know, I like think, humor. Yes. Like He's humor. Really, really was, witty. Yeah. yeah. He was super funny. Yeah, he was. Yeah. So I know that, that he's up there in heaven. Like, just, I know that I have this memory of, um, I think he was like 10 or 11 <laughs> and you were on the front seat of the car and he was so embarrassed by our behavior that he ducked in the back seat. <laughs> Not that anybody could even see or hear us, but he wasn't going to risk it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he was not going to be risking with us how we were acting. Yeah. Like I just love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was. He was. Um, he was funny. He was all performance art, and oh. like he used to change the lyrics to songs all the time. Make like up the, his own. Yeah. Like there was this song, um, <laughs> "Safe and Sound." He changed the lyrics to "Scared of Clowns." <laughs> Clever. Yeah. Which is a yeah. true thing. People yeah. go to therapy for that. Yeah. So that's excellent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I, I love that you keep saying that he is in heaven. People yeah. need to hear that, that, yeah. you know, we've talked about this, especially with us, this losing Claudia, that you don't lose someone to cancer and question where they went if they're a believer. Right. You know, right. and so we don't even question people go when, when they die from the disease of addiction. But mm-hmm. for some reason we question this and there's no, mm-hmm. there's no question. Yeah. If you right. know the Lord, you know the Lord. Right. And you're in heaven. Right. You know, my, my question is, how did you begin that journey? Because I, I can't imagine losing a child. And, and um, how do you do that to get to that redemption? Man, it's the Holy Spirit. He just yeah. takes you by the hand. Yeah. You know, um, he, he, was, he was so gentle to guide me in remembering things so that I could bring them to him for redemption. Okay. Cause he, he you know, he's the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He's not going to wrestle anything out of your grip. You know, right. you have to bring it sacrificially and offer it. And so he was so gentle to bring things to mind for me that in any other situation without the Holy Spirit would have been a crushing knowledge that would have made me want to take my own life to to Mm. avoid thinking about. Mm. But because the Holy Spirit was so good that he was allowing me to walk through these incredibly painful Mm -hmm. um, memories of my own failings and offer me um, the chance to number one, feel his love in those moments to have Mm self-forgiveness because it's one thing to, to throw yourself, um, uh, you know, on the cross and say, I'm, I'm a lowly worm. God, forgive me. Right. You know, I don't deserve any of this, but in his process, he, he lets you know how deserving you are. Mm -hmm. I mean, he died for your right Mm -hmm. to do that. Right. Right. Um, and and it's and that's what makes you deserving. (laughs) So what does that look like? You get an image of that time as Spencer's coming to you and you, you're in your own excruciating pain yeah. and that memory's coming back to you. Do you give it time to process and then you pray or how did that, that work for you? That gentleness. I've, I've found that so many things were just immediately healed. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, just... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, and and so it, it, it prompted me to bring him everything to heal. Mm. Like if that was, if this is how it was going to go, if mm. I was going to bring you something and you were going to give me relief immediately, mm-hmm. then we have it all. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Let's start right. now. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get my Rolodex right, out, right? right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I remember I started... Um, I started a, a practice and it's kind of funny to call it a practice because it was such a, it was, to me, it was a, a practice of like hanging on to a, a life raft, you know, so I wouldn't <laughs> drown, but you can call it a practice because it makes me sound cool and, and <laughs> like I, like I do things that with skill, but, um, but this practice, I started calling it defiant stillness because I was incapable Ooh, of being good. still. Yeah, that's good. yeah I was yeah. Incap- incapable of being alone with my thoughts mm. because they were horrible thoughts. Right. Yeah. And so um, I filled my life with busyness mm-hmm. and sounds and television mm. and distractions of all sorts. And then I found even in my prayer time, I had a laundry list that I had to accomplish in my prayer time. I brought my notebook, you know, in case, you know, in case I had to write something down. And and it was literally one day when I was at the end of myself and I went and sat on a mountain. I was like sit, literally sitting on a garden terrace on a mountain looking oh, wow. out and I had nothing in my hands. And the Lord met me for like an hour and a half. I was completely still. Oh, and that, if you know me, that's like an yeah. impossibility that's the truth. for me. It's impossible. And I, and I, I was like, I couldn't get up. As the sweetness of the Lord was so profound. Mm. You didn't want to leave that I moment. I didn't want to leave that yeah. moment. It felt mm-hmm. so amazing. Yes, probably. it did. And so He was just sort of gently guiding mm. me through, actually, things that He had loved me through, and um, I had to admit that I did have repressed memories of like a childhood molestation, mm. and. And he eventually, after about an hour and a half, I felt like he was said, get a pen, write this down. Mm-hmm. And I wrote down all of the chaotic and, and traumatic memories that I had as a child. Mm. And it was like they were somebody else's life. I couldn't reconcile them to myself because my mantra was be strong, carry on. You know, you don't, mm. um, you don't ever allow anybody to see you be weak. And so these were all of the times in my life that I was compromised when I was weak. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I felt like the Lord was leading me through these so gently, able to say, look at this. Mm-hmm. Would you ever do this to a child? This is not your fault. And it was, it was such a, a profound moment where I was able to forgive myself for being weak and for being trusting and for mm. being open. And that was the first step to being trusting with the Lord for my memories with my child. Wow. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. And all that's so beautiful. Yeah, one of my favorite things that you said, and it it even became even more favorite because of talking about being still. Um, when you were talking about if you've ever worried about like in the night not being able to make it mm-hmm. to the morning, I think of that like in those moments, um, how beautiful it would be like in that time to just be still with yeah. the Lord, like knowing you are gonna make it until yeah. tomorrow, like. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. that was, I, I loved when you said yeah. that, when yeah. you talked about that. Right. Well, and how important it is to talk about having a practice. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we, I still believe we don't talk about that enough in the church. Right. We talk about in AA all the time mm-hmm. that you have to have a practice. You have to have, you know, that it, there's a time where you are on your knees in prayer or, you know, going for a run is practice if that's your meditation mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Like there has to be a practice that's carved out that you are seeking him and, and seeking that repentance. Mm-hmm. And I loved your definition. A repentance. And I love that you said to the Lord, um, by the way, Father, 
we don't use that word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's old church. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll say this, and then you can just take back over. But when the way you explain the Bible, like, I was mesmerized. And I read the Bible every day. And I don't have to read it every day. I read it because I want to. If I don't want to read it, I just don't, right? Mm-hmm. But but I love reading the Bible. I love reading the message version. I love getting into it and asking God, what does it really mean? What's the more? And all that kind of stuff. And the way you did it. You could do a podcast oh on Bible stories. Like, and, uh, and Bible, like, like atheists Bi- would listen. Bible because stories it was by so, Heather. It was, yeah. was it not entertaining and humorous Well, and it just real. like it's resonated like was, with today. Like you could, yeah, you could picture it there. in your head. What was like happening? I was there. Yeah. Well, cool. From your lips to God's ears, I'll take a I'll take a podcast on Bible stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you said that you didn't plan any of that. I don't believe no. you. I think you're a liar. No. Well, I've spent um, the last almost two years um, either not working or just sort of working a little part time side hustle so that I could devote time and energy to writing about um, about my son and about what happened to us and and all of the the good things that came out of Bible study. There's no substitute for um, knowing your father in that way, um, his character, um, what he thinks of you, what he thinks of humanity is in the Bible. And you know, one of my um, one of my favorite scriptures. It's Ephesians four something thirteen, I think, where he says, uh, instead speaking the truth in love, they will become the very mature. Um, in, in every respect, the very mature body of him who is the head, and that is Christ. And I thought, well, number one, um, if, if, I'm, if, if I'm speaking the truth in love, then if that's what I'm commanded to do, then my father must also speak the truth in love. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that that's a safe place, that what he says is always in love. And sometimes there's a lot of things in Scripture that are just kind of confusing. You're yes. like, where is the yes. love? Yes. Like, right. Right. if you just take it right out of context and at face value, there's a lot of hard things that yes. Jesus says that you're wondering, how is this loving? And that was always my question before going into the Word, is where is the love? Right. <laughs> right. And I, I feel like, you know, through... Um, Getting to know the people in the Bible is how I got to know how my loving and mature father speaks in love and makes me mature, you know? Right, right. So it was, so when you got up there, like, it was just a sense of the things you've been writing just came yes, out. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I knew that I, I felt like I needed to talk about Peter and I didn't know mm-hmm. why. And then like three times in that week before I see you talks, this the scriptures about um, Peter's Jesus's restoration of Peter. I t- turned on a TV channel randomly and it was there and it was the oh, topic wow. of the sermon on Sunday. And I, and I just mm-hmm. I, I just felt like it was confirmation that that's what yeah. I needed to talk about. And so um, I. I, I feel like I'm talking about Jesus all the time, whether it's in my head or to somebody else or the mirror, you know, right. the shower. <laughs> and, um, and so what I did was I just started talking to myself about what it meant. Where, mm-hmm. where was Peter? What was he doing? What was he thinking? Why was this important to me? Why was it important to, for the Lord to have me talk about Peter? And it just came out. And so I tried several times to replicate <laughs> <laughs> exactly what I said, and it never worked. So but I basically, I just, I just concentrated on stopping after 25 minutes. <laughs> you were watching the clock, and like, I've got be, two minutes oh, left. Yeah, exactly. I knew that I was going to be busted. Oh, I would kill you. Honeycutt would jump up on stage with oh, a yeah. shepherd's crook and yank me off. It'd be over. But yeah. just, just ending about Jesus cooking breakfast. 
Like yeah. he goes to the one who has betrayed him three times. He goes to the one who is so bold that he'll walk on water, but he's also the one he's so bold he's going to chop off an ear for no reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's that person. Yeah. And, and again, it goes to like you are God's character. You are not your behavior. And the more you know God's character, you'll stop being behavior. Yes. Yes. Right. And so right. like you, it was just so clear. And that's just so much a part of my message, you know, every day and, and, and just being in the word about that. Mm-hmm. And just the idea like you paint it. So well, I can see Jesus on the beach cooking him breakfast. Mm-hmm. And Peter's like, but I'm that guy. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm that, that guy. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. That's the beauty yeah. of the Bible. Mm-hmm. That's the part, if you don't really get in the world, you won't get to. Yeah. And I think a lot of people expect that their encounter with Jesus is going to be um, sort of a litany of your problems and what you didn't do right and what you need to work on. Yeah. And he's yeah. not, I mean, he's not your third shift boss. Yeah. <laughs> right. <That's laughs> you know, right. He created right. you for, for an yeah. adventure to do together with him. That's right. You know, and he's, he's bringing you along on this because he could do it himself, but he likes you. Like yeah. he wants you along on this ride right. with him. And there's some things you need to let go of and, and trust as you, you yeah. know, get in the car with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Which again, it's so biblical because it's like, hey, the, you know, somebody will say, hey, I want to go with you, Jesus. And Jesus like, well, come now. I'm like, no, I got to go home yeah, first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> like, well, then stay. Stay home. There's yeah. something you got to do because so, yeah. I'm going this way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? Yeah. And so it was just so beautifully done. I just. Thank you. Like, it, I wasn't even aware of how much time had passed. Outside of having to check occasionally because <laughs> I have to be that yeah. person. Right. But I would y- right. you just let us be in the moment. And in the moment is where I get to feel God's love. Hey. Yeah. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise yeah. the Lord. <laughs> But I think that that just comes from um, really steeping yourself in the word, but also with the mindset that you're going to find love there. Because if you go into the word with the mindset, I'm going to find out what's wrong with me so I can be fixed or, right. you know, I'm going to I'm going to find out a bunch of shameful truths. Then you kind of, you're missing the fun part of the Bible. Right. <laughs> but that's how right. society kind of presents it. Other, you know, Well, my experience in different churches other than Mosaic and ICU talks is that you had to earn just mm-hmm. even walking into the church, yeah. right? You had to purify yourself. Yeah. You had to redeem yourself just immediately before you could sit with the with the rest of the churchgoers. And so that's very hard, yeah. you know, a concept, I think, today. Church. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's so much what's in my heart right now, what you just yeah. said, is, yeah. is, is people's story of when they show up. Such shamed by the church. Yeah, yeah. they're shamed by the church. Yeah. And I, you know, I just posted about that I've never been told, hey, Amy, I'm too sick to be there. But I've had churches say, well, why don't you just sit in the back? And when you, mm-hmm. I mean, I've had churches flat out say, we'll, we'll watch you and see yeah. who you are. And then we'll decide if you can be a part of what we're doing. Yeah. My son, after I was um, baptized last year, he, he really felt this Holy Spirit. And he wanted a little more traditional church. And so he went out by himself. I got him a Bible and he did that. And he went to one a really big church in Charlotte. And he only went a few times because... He had to earn the right almost to go through those doors. Like nobody talked to him, mm-hmm. and he and people are like, "Okay, you have to do this, and you have to attend right. this, and and you know you need to meet with this person." I'm like, "Why can't you just show up?" Show up. Right, right. <laughs> and a little it bit turned of him sick. off. Right, it turned him off. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I understand. Like I get. Like we, like we. You know, like, let's take you to this class. Like I understand a little bit of it, but it. Yeah. Went, but. But when you look at somebody as young as your son, he was and seventeen tell him, at the time. And, yeah, and he walks in the door by himself. 
we're gonna hang they out. They should be yeah. throwing it away. Yeah, I don't have questions. He wore an Oxford and nice pants and shoes, so it wasn't right. like he came in in shorts and a t-shirt or something, which is okay where we go, which That's is awesome. Exactly right. yeah. Yeah. But you know, to your point though, Heather, I mean, it's just. We need that forgiveness yeah, just right. before we just we need to feel that love. We need to know that's it's right. there. And I guess I, I spoke up because I other than Mosaic or RCU talks, I have never had an experience, yeah. a Christian experience mm-hmm. that I that I've talked to someone or placed myself in a, in an institution or organization, you know, walking in that I have felt that. Yeah, not at all. Uh, you know, I think that if we if we individually understood how loved we are and the depth of forgiveness that the Lord extends to us. There is no pit so deep that the love of God is not deeper still. That's right. So That's right. I think that if uh, we, we would stop wasting time. We would stop being yeah. so offended yeah. and scared of other people's behavior. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. And again, I'm not talking extreme. If you can, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to make someone in the church unsafe, that is totally different. We're not talking about something extreme. We're talking about people who have shared it. They have shown up for church. They have wanted to be baptized, and churches told them they weren't allowed to be there, much less be baptized because they're gay. We're talking about people who walked in and said, hey, I had a sex addiction, and they said, you can't come here. Mm-hmm. We're talking story after story of people who Jesus would have never, Jesus would have already met them at the door. Jesus would have been in the parking lot. Right. Yeah, you know, one of the the, the few things that the Lord says he hates is pride and if so if you if I walked through the door and was completely honest I would say I hate I'm a shameless gossip like would I be escorted to the back of the church right but that's like one of the most prideful and judgmental things you can do is gossip about other people yeah because it puts them lower and exalts you higher and you know it's character assassination it it is absolutely Mm -hmm. and um so I think you know if we were all really very honest (laughs) right and we we, we all belong in the back of the <laughs> right, right. Yeah, some of yeah. us wouldn't get in. Right? Yeah, and that's yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's, that that's me, and that's my comparison to AA because I remember when I got sober, my sponsor said you have to sit in the front row because that's ICU. She's like, you're you're very very sick. You need to be on the front row, which is part of why I named ICU talks. I see ICU talks. Okay. Right. She also would sit behind me and kick the back of my chair when something <laughs> got said. Keep you away. She thought I'd, no. <laughs> when something got said, she thought I should hear. She kick the back of my chair. Make sure that's you're a, listening. Yeah, that's a whole different. <laughs> Well, that's a different that's another podcast, podcast we'll do. <laughs> but really, that's my whole thing is that if AA is more known or 12-step programs are known better as open doors and welcoming and loving, and you can be as sick as you need to be, and we're going to love you more than the church is, then, then something's wrong. Yeah. Right. Something's really wrong, and we need to change that. And I think your talk, your heart, yeah. you speak so well. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, all of it, the humor, the, the intellect, the knowing the Bible, because you're in the Word. You're not just, you didn't just hear, mm-hmm. you didn't listen to John Gray YouTube and take his words and throw it like you, like you can't speak like that unless mm-hmm. it's internal. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I really hope that if somebody um, uh, wonders, you know, where the scripture you know how much of that is accurate scripture the the grace message in that bring it you know like please yeah please email me comment on the video right. you know because because <laughs> right. um, i can i can i can bring it for you yeah <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome oh it, it was it was so the bible it was so new testament it was you know we call it the good news. i don't think anyone will question that like, i don't yeah. think so you know if I, they do they they heard 
the but I yeah. think wrong message. I right. think that there are people who are so offended by grace because they're not in a position to accept it for themselves. Yeah. And so sometimes when they hear a particularly graceful message, they super they, defensive. They'll, mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll be defensive or they'll take um, you know offense to it. So so you know my hope is that if somebody feels offense rise up in them, please contact yes. me. <laughs> right. Right. And I I also I this also this and we'll we'll close up and this could be a whole other podcast. The when you are offended and you act out of offense in that moment and it happens to us, you're not applying scripture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The emotion right. maturity is not there. Mm-hmm. Right. Right now. And again, there are extremes. I know that, but I'm saying that when people are getting so offended today about so many different things, no matter what the message is, someone's upset about some part of it that you are under attack by the enemy. You're not being attacked by scripture. Right. Yeah. You're, you're using scripture you're not being attacked by scripture. Yeah. The thing that offends me the most is the fact that my son believed terrible lies. Yes. And yes. that the truth mm. um, was obscured in a way that wasn't evident mm. to him how much he was loved and right. needed yeah. and, and you know what he what life had in store for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, that to me is the only thing that's offensive is that yeah. so what the a, truth what is a great obscured way of putting like it. that. Yeah, which is why you spoke truth so well in the ICU talk stands on truth. And we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. And Heather is a volunteer with us. She's my handler. (laughs) And so I don't think that's, I think that's an impossible (laughs) I would never want that. How do you handle Kim? I have a little paper Chinese finger cuffs. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) She just sits there and looks at her fingers. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, what happened? How do you handle Kim? And then I rock back and forth. It's really fun. Anyway. Um, please, 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 if you are struggling, you're having thoughts of not being on this earth, mm. will you please reach out? Heather will talk to you directly. Absolutely. And about this table where we've all been negatively impacted and in a beautiful way impacted by the loss of people. There's been gain mm-hmm. in that, but it's only gain because, you know, people like Heather have taught us how to look through yeah. God's lenses yeah. at, at our loss. Yeah. But we're tired of loss. We want gain. Yes. All right. We want grace and we want mercy. And so please reach out, get in touch with Heather. Contact us, um, email us at icutalks at gmail.com. Go to icutalks.org. We have a resource tab. We have a group that meets every Tuesday night, and they are a bunch of misfits, and they just love on each other, and LJ is a big part of that. Do whatever you have to do to get these lies that took Spencer out of this world out of your mm-hmm. body. It doesn't belong there. We rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Get behind all of us because there is a purpose for you and there is something for you to do and we want to be a part of you getting to that. So thank you, Heather. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Danielle. Yes. Thank you, LJ. You're most thank welcome. You Kim. Thank, thank you, you to Kenny. our 3,000 listeners. I'm yeah, extreme. I'm extreme. All right, God bless y'all. <laughs>